630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. So the East Final in the NHL will resume tomorrow in New York. Lightning at Rangers. The series is now tied 2-2. The winner meets the Colorado Avalanche for the Stanley Cup. We will have play-by-play of the Stanley Cup Final for you here on 6.30. Chad, the Blue Jays lost this afternoon 8-4 to the Royals. The uh, Edmonton Riverhawks getting set to go tonight, uh, weather permitting. I know it's, uh, I believe we now have a thunderstorm watch for the city of Edmonton. They're playing the Portland Pickles, who... Uh, Won the game last night, uh, then the Riverhawks off tomorrow, and then the Port Angeles lefties, some great names in this league, are going to be here Friday through Sunday. But Riverhawks tonight at 7. The Edmonton Stingers are home tonight. Canadian Elite Basketball League, they're taking on the Montreal Alliance. That game coming up at 7, and uh, the NBA Finals, Warriors and Celtics. That game tips off at the top of the hour as well. Quick update for you there. Uh, Elks play at BC on Saturday. It's on 6.30, Chad. 6.30 for the countdown to kickoff. Game starts at 8. Morley, Dave, Brendan, and Blake all bringing you our coverage of the Edmonton Elks this season. And in an hour from now, Elks receiver Manny Arsenal will check in. 780-496-0063 is how you get in touch. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Wilkins like Dominique. No relation. And you can email inside sports at 630ched.com. Kellen, what do you have? Yeah, a couple of responses to your question from earlier on hitting coaches. Um, yes. It looks like to be a Phoebe in minor hockey read. So Larry texts in and says, Hi, Reed. We had a hitting coach in Bantams to teach the kids how to hit in minor hockey. And then Troy texts in and says, Every U15 coach is a checking coach. I love the idea of the Oilers having a coach for that. I would redefine the title of it into checking and contact coach. Those two are, a- or sorry, those two aspects can be learned and taught, and something a guy could take pride in doing well. Well, obviously, okay. in this time of year, right? So, yeah, okay. Well, and here's the thing. I'm, I'm glad I got those messages because, as people know who li- who listen, or if you're new, welcome to the show. Uh, I don't have kids, I so I don't. I don't know a lot about minor hockey. I don't pretend to know. So sometimes you guys got to help me out. But yeah, I guess uh, when hitting is introduced, it would be helpful to have somebody come in and say, hey, I know it's exciting to body check, but you have to do it properly. You don't mm-hmm. want to hurt yourself. You don't want to hurt the other guy. You don't want to get penalties. So uh, a, a hitting coach or contact coach or whatever at that level of minor hockey would, would make a lot of sense. I, 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 I don't think I've ever heard of it at the pro level. That was interesting that uh, one caller brought that up. Okay, appreciate those messages. Uh, We'll get to uh, more of your contributions as we move along tonight. But right now, every week, courtesy Sentinel Storage, shop Canadian, store Canadian, try four weeks free, visit sentinelstorage.ca. Former NHL goaltender, now broadcaster with the NHL on Rogers, it is Kelly Rudy. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm doing really well, Reed, and yourself? I am doing very well. It is. Uh, I would have loved to have been hosting a, uh, a face-off show and intermissions and an, an overtime yep. open line for Game 5. But unfortunately, yep. the Oilers didn't take it quite that far. So uh, yep. we, will, we will discuss what happened with their season. I, I want to kind of start there. So some of the players spoke yesterday. Uh, Holland and Woodcroft spoke today. Some players are having exit interviews actually through to tomorrow. Yeah. What actually happens 
in an exit interview? Like when you played, who would you have it with? Would it be a, a recap, an evaluation, future goals? I'm, I'm just curious. Um, well, man, there's so many there and they're all, they all seem a little bit different. So I played 15 years in the NHL. Prior to that, I played two years in the minors and three years in junior. I don't remember an exit meeting, meeting a junior being a part of it yet. Uh, and in the minors, we won two consecutive championships. So I don't remember any uh, exit meeting because what more could you really say or accomplish? Or, you know, there's, I, I don't believe much of that ever happened back then. But it was my first couple of years with the Islanders. Uh, and I think that if I remember correctly, uh, it was with, uh, they were both with the general manager, Bill Torrey, and the coach, Al Arbor. Uh, I remember Al not really having a lot to to say just uh, because I think I only played like 14 games uh, my first year. So there wasn't a lot there. Right. And I think Bill Torrey might have told me something about uh, understanding how hard the league is and uh, learning to train better, uh, more efficiently. Not necessarily like for me as a goaltender, weights and things like that. It was more about, uh, you know. Uh, max vo2 and making sure that my weight was where it needed needed to be and so that was a good it wasn't like a accusing me of anything or or being mad at me it was more about this is you know you're starting to learn the league and so you have to understand how difficult it is and so it's really important what you put into your body how much you train uh getting your rest all that and so i was able to figure that out i thought within about my first second year, maybe perhaps into my third, when my career started to take off and it was all positive. And then uh, once you start to become a better player, uh, then they're just finding little things that you can work on. Right. And I, I never found them to be, uh, I never found it to be disappointing when I left or man, I've got a lot of work to do. Uh, I think for the first few years, my trajectory was on the going upwards and so it was just tweaking little things. Um, and then when I went to um, L.A., I, re- I don't recall a, an exit meeting with my general manager, but Robbie Fatorik was our coach that first year. Right. And I had just been traded in February. We beat the Oilers in the first round. Then we lost uh, to Calgary in the second. And my exit meeting, if I'm not mistaken, was like 10 minutes. Uh, we just chatted about uh, Robbie goes, I'm really happy with you and uh, look forward to next year. Now, unfortunately, Robbie was let go shortly thereafter, maybe why it was so short. But and we just talked about our plans in the summer and then they became uh, really up until my last year in L.A. That's kind of when they sort of took on more of a serious tone, because my last year in L.A. didn't go as well as I'd hoped I I, the writing was on the wall. We kind of had a public uh, spat, the organization and myself, and I defended myself publicly when I thought I was getting uh, uh, thrown under the bus by certain people in the organization. So I stood my ground. Why wouldn't I, right? And so, in fact, I think it was in February of that year, my wife and I had put our house up on the market. We knew our time was coming to an abrupt end, and I was pissed off about it, and uh and so my exit meeting was really short. It was uh, the general manager was there, whom I had no respect for, a guy by the name of uh, Sam McMaster. And the general manager at the time, uh, he and I were battling. Uh, 
or the uh, the coach and I weren't getting along. And uh, so uh, it was something along these lines. Well, wherever you play next year, uh, here's probably what they'll expect of you and so on. And it lasted five minutes and I got out of there and there's no need to have much of a conversation. Then my last two years were really great because I had a guy by the name of Al Sims, my uh, coach, my first year. Now, Al, unfortunately, only lasted a year again. And Dean Lombardi was my general manager. So Dean and I had these really in-depth conversations about life and hockey and my career. And we both knew that it was coming to an end at some point, but it was really fascinating to a, a really deep dive into where I was in my career and, and so on. And then my last year, uh, Daryl Sutter was my coach and uh, I kind of knew it was going to be my last year. Right. And Dean Lombardi thanked me and, and he was really amazing. Like he called me a few days later and said that they had traded for Steve Shields. And so my time with the Sharks is coming to an end. And, and so it ended about as gracefully, I think, as a career can come to an end because it was, they sort of helped me along with the decision. And I knew all along that I wanted to quit. There was an organization. They asked me to keep playing. Uh, they wanted me to play for another year. They offered me a contract and I was just, I had this hockey night in Canada. Who was it? You never told me that before. Who wanted you to play? Well, I can't say because I think that's disrespectful, right? Okay. Let's just say they were in the East. and uh, Okay, so it rules out the Oilers then. It rules out the Oilers. There was a a team in the East, and uh, it was an original six team. That's all I'll say. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing all that. I, I found that fascinating to listen to and how things sort of shifted as you went along. I will say this, your interview with LA, the last one, I'm surprised it lasted five minutes when they yeah. started by saying, wherever you play next year, I'm surprised you didn't be like, okay, that's good. <laughs> well, well, maybe the more surprising thing, maybe from a, an organizational standpoint that I even showed up, <laughs> right? Like, I, I think that was pretty kind to me to show up when I, when there's no respect between any of us, uh, between they probably hated me as much as I was uh, mad at them. So, you know, the fact that I even got my car and wasted gas for a 20 minute drive to go have that exit meeting, uh, I think says a lot about my character. Cause I, you know, why I'm sure a lot of guys wouldn't even bother showing up. Why would they? Yeah. If you were leaving the team, that's uh, that's a fair point. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's I, I find that fascinating. I love those behind the scenes details. I, I've, I've <laughs> I'm sure the uh, the Oilers exit interviews that are ongoing are, are generally positive. And, uh, you know, Ken Holland came out today and said, um, we're not good enough to win the Stanley Cup right now, but we got to make some tweaks. I, 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 I just I, look, of course, we Rob and I after games and, on you know, on the shows and yeah. stuff, we've talked from an Oilers angle a yeah. lot. But I also think you have to give Colorado credit. Yeah. And now having seen the series and some of the guys they have that can tilt the ice in their favor. And I'm going to start with McCarr because I said it leading into the series, the Oilers don't have a comparable player and nothing against the other players on the abs. But I thought, especially McCarr shifted this series for the avalanche. Okay. So there is not an organization has a player like McCarr. And so uh, this is not an exaggeration read. I said, I shared this with the Ron, Kevin and Elliot on the air post game uh, after game four and an ex NHL defenseman, a pretty good, pretty good one over his long career sent me a text saying that 
Makar is the best defenseman since Bobby Orr. And, you know, they're different players, but that impactful. And then when I shared that on air, I had some other NHL defensemen that I had played with uh, texting me going, that is entirely accurate. Uh, and when you hear that, like a guy, and I don't mind sharing this name, but Doug Bodger, he had a long, long career. I don't know. If, I think Doug played close to 20 years. He was a former first rounder, maybe first overall or super high, amazing, amazing career. And when I said that, he sent me a text quickly going, that is, that is true. That that's how special Makar is plays. Unlike anybody else. Now, Adam Fox is pretty darn good. And we're seeing that in these playoffs as well, but completely different players. But when you talk about Makar, we're so lucky Reed, we as the hockey community get to watch this guy and we're going to get to watch him for the next 15 years and he's only going to get better because he's only 23 years old. I don't know what the next level is. Probably it'll be like what we experienced with McDavid this year in the playoffs when he right. went through that stretch of what about uh, seven, eight games where we yeah, had like never three seen, points a game pretty much. Yeah. yeah, we had never seen anything like that in the hockey world before uh, and the way that he plays. And so we as fans, the game's an amazing place and we're just lucky to be a part of it. So from an Oilers perspective, was there, and look, I know they got swept, but three of the four games were were close. Yeah. Uh, was there anything you were saying like, okay, I realize maybe they, they didn't have the better roster, but if only, you know, like Rob and I thought there were still too many self-inflicted wounds along the way. Like you almost have to play perfectly against the apps. Was there anything yeah. that you identify like that? Well, I, you know, I'm on record. I've, I've praised Mike Smith a lot during the playoffs and even at times during the, this round, but he gave up untimely goals. And then the play, even though the, when he moved the puck up the boards and uh, Landis Cog ended up scoring, I think it was the goal to make it four or three in the deciding game. And Smith was mad because when he threw it up the boards, it hit the official, but the officials there, I mean, you, Mike Smith hit him. So there were, things like that, that they shot themselves in the foot. So that would be the one area where I would go. Mike Smith was phenomenal, played great at times, but to get to that next level, I think they're going to need uh, an upgrade. Um, having said that, I don't think that they really tested Francois either. Like Francois was not the different ma difference maker. In fact, I said after the second period in game four, that if I were the coach of uh, Colorado, I would have pulled Francois and I really? would have given, yeah, and I would have given given Darcy Kemper a chance to get back in the net and and even if they lost it to sort of find his way again because uh, coming off that injury. Now I was definitely of the mindset, and uh, Ron, Kevin, and Elliot know in the room where we watched the games. I was like, when the Oilers or when Colorado went up uh, late in the third period, I was like. I don't think Francois has a save in him. And I was not surprised that the Oilers scored, take it to overtime. And again, uh, I didn't think the overtime would last long because I, I knew either goalie was going to give up something quick. Yeah, it, it felt a little bit like first grade A scoring chance might yeah. go in and it, it yeah. went to Colorado for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with Smith. I thought the tone of his media availability yesterday sounded like a guy who wasn't coming back because he talked in three or four clips about the grind, about the injuries, about how tough this season was. Yeah. yeah. And, and that made me wonder, does he sound like a guy who still wants one more kick at it? Like he seemed to be focusing on all the, 
things that can go wrong on all the cha- and on all the challenges yeah. outweighed one more chance at the Stanley Cup with McDavid and Leon and stuff. Well, I, I can't speak for Mike, but I've known him for a number of years and uh, he's an emotional guy and I hope he doesn't make a decision based on what happened like three, four nights ago, something like that, because it's uh, especially when, you know, I can relate to Mike Smith because I'm emotional as well. And I hate to make a decision in that moment, right? Because it's it's it really hurts when you lose. It hurts even more when you get swept. And I've been swept, I think, twice. And you take it personally. And so I think that time may give him a, a clearer picture of whether to come back or not. All right. Kelly, thanks for uh, doing this. I always appreciate you checking in. And, of course, you're back on the uh, tube tomorrow. We'll see what happens in the East Final and who's going to be taking on the Avalanche for the uh, Stanley Cup. We'll do this again next week, man. I really appreciate it. Okay, Reed, take care. That is Kelly Rudy presented by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Man, oh, man, that was a really detailed and honest answer about his exit interviews, including the one he had when he was exiting the LA Kings franchise when he played for them in the 1990s. Good to hear from Kelly. We'll take a quick timeout. Uh, we got Manny Arsenault and Andrew Peard coming up. More from you and more from Holland and Woodcroft today on Inside Sports. Just talking about Jesse Pugliarvi earlier. Here's what GM Ken Holland had to say about the Bison King. Well, he had a great start. I think he had six goals in his first 10 games. I met with him. He, we, I met with Jesse yesterday, and I know Jesse's disappointed. But, you know, he had a great start. He had a great, I think, the first 13, 14, 15 games of the year. It was almost a point a game. And then, like you said, the second half of the year, it was a, it was a real struggle. So, um I got to talk. I told Jesse I'd call his agent next, you know, in the next week or 10 days. Obviously, he's a restricted free agent. Um, I want to talk to the coaches, you know, to talk to, to, to Woody and then uh, make some decisions. But certainly, um, you know, he was a he played really good the first quarter of the season and then he kind of come off it. And it was a, it was a struggle for him. I think the last the last heaven, I think he lost his confidence. Then when he lost his confidence. He obviously was in the top six and he worked his way down to the bottom six. And, you know, you, so, but he's, what is he, 24 years old? I mean, he's still, he's not really young, but he's relatively young. So I got, I got to sort out, I got to sort out Jesse. Is he part of the solution? That's what I got to sort out. And uh, I, I, I talked to him yesterday. I don't want to divulge what we talked about, but I talked to him for a good half an hour yesterday. And I told him I would talk to, talk to his agent. All right, so you got to talk to Pugliarvi's agent. Is he part of the solution? Ken Holland says that's what I got to figure out. And an, an inconsistent season. And and I get it. He's he's a debated player. I, I know some people think you know some people are too hard on him. Uh, other people think people give him too much of a free pass. Okay, debate it all you want. I I would think there's probably some agreement uh, he was inconsistent. Maybe he doesn't play as well if he loses some confidence or is off his game. And and where does he fit in? I mean, that one caller earlier said he's got to be a top six player. Did he always play like a top six player? I don't think he did. So that's a, a big decision coming up here for Ken Holland. And, and I'll hand it to Ken Holland. I mean, he could have been done with this player a couple of years ago. He gave him a chance to come back. 
Thought he had a pretty good season last year in the bubble and probably the first half, not probably the first half of this season, better than the second half. So that's one of the bigger question marks for the Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.